We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast i am jason perone of the pack a day podcast game on wisconsin the quick slants podcast and i am with my usual and the best Saturday crew in the business, as always, Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. Gentlemen, it is another week. It is another weekend, which means there is another Green Bay Packers football game that doesn't count, but it is a Green Bay Packers football game that will be played today. But as always, before we jump into the Green Bay Packers and football content, we have to start with what everybody really comes to this show for, and that is the weather report around the United States. Mark Eckel, you are the furthest east this week once again. We will start with you. How are we looking at the beach? Um, it's been okay. It's not, it's not great this week. The week was kind of rainy and, rainy and cloudy. Um, Thursday cleared up, cleared up nice. Uh, Friday, not quite as nice as Thursday. Today's supposed to be like one of those... It's kind, of like, it's kind of like preseason weather, you know. It's it's iffy. Iffy, I like that. Okay, like a preseason game. It's like yeah, eh, it's iffy. You never. I like. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I guess it makes sense. It syncs up with this this time of year. So all right, all right. So that's our our, our beach report there on the uh, on the east coast. And Paul Brettel in the Dairyland State of Wisconsin, just a, a few blocks miles away from Green Bay from Lambeau Field. How are we looking? Well, this week has been humid. I was at Thursday's joint practice, and there was no breeze. Humidity was brutal. Fun to be there, obviously, but, man, it was hot. And, unfortunately, that means that some storms are coming, and there could be some storms here Saturday. So something to something to be mindful of because, as we all know, the game is here at Lambeau Field. Yeah, that's true. Well, they find a way, they've found a way to do family night, so I expect them to find a way to play a preseason game if there's a little bit of weather. But hopefully nobody ends up getting hurt. And more importantly, the Packers and the Jets going to go at it. Gives gives us some more live action to look forward to. We have some updates on the game that will be in the Scottsdale Phoenix area. Finally, the rain system, whatever it was, and I, when I say system, this thing was around. I mean, this was consistently the case for like two or three weeks in a row. It literally was like I almost felt like I was in in Florida because every single night, without fail, whether it was forecasted or not, 
rain would roll through. And we would get rain at the same time every night. And it was like stormy and, and it was just bizarre because I've, I've seen it rain. I've seen us have monsoon storms in the Phoenix area, but it was every single day. And it was just it was almost getting like, what the heck is going on? Is this like the new weather in Arizona? But finally, the rain has left. We're looking at about 99, 100 degrees sunny in Phoenix, which is noteworthy because this time of year, it could easily be 110 every single day. So whatever has been going on, it's keeping the air clean. We can actually see the mountains in the distance. And, you know, 99 degrees in Phoenix isn't too bad. So I guess it's all perspective as far as <laughs> how everybody looks at it. But like I said, there's a, there's another Green Bay Packers football game that's going to be played on Saturday. The Packers and the Jets. And, Paul, I'll just start with you because everybody likes, well, we, we probably have a faction of our fan base that likes the drama. So there were some dust-ups at practice this week. Talk us through what you saw from the bird's nest, from the bird's eye view that you had at practice. Yeah, so I was at uh, Thursday's joint practice, and there were uh, two scuffles that uh, took place between the Packers offense and the Jets defense. So uh, at Rainichke Field, the Packers offense, Jets defense is on one side, and then the opposite uh, for each team is on the other. So it was the Packers offense, Jets defense. One was Randall Cobb getting mixed up with one of the Jets defensive backs, I believe it was. Uh, they were both blocking through the play, and they kept blocking after the play and kept blocking onto the ground. So that created, um, a, you know, a, both teams ended up going there to provide some assistance, we'll say. No punches or nothing like that was thrown in any of this. And then a little while later during the two-minute drill, the Jets' defensive front against the Green Bay Packers' offensive line, there were some extra extracurricular activities there as well. I sum both of that up to frustration on the Jets' part because for the last two days, uh, the Green Bay Packers' starting <laughs> offense, for the most part, they did pretty much whatever they wanted against that Jets' defense, especially Aaron Rodgers. I know he was carving up the middle of the field on slants. We all know how just difficult the combination of Rodgers and Adams is, so I think that there was, was some frustration on the Jets' part taking place with that. Hey, listen, iron sharpens iron. If they can't appreciate, and they've been bad for a long time, if they can't appreciate going up the best of the best and getting their cornerbacks ready to play in what is, you know, I, I guess I don't know how competitive the AFC East is going to be. Buffalo will be good. New England, you never know. The Jets better stop complaining, but I will tell you sure. that's newsworthy that, okay, there was a dust-up, but after we saw what went down between the Buccaneers and the Titans earlier this week, I don't know. I guess that was, if you haven't heard about it or seen it, go go check it out. Antonio Brown, surprise, surprise, right in the middle of the drama in a practice. We're talking about practice, Mark Eckel from formerly, <laughs> formerly from Italy. We're talking not about practice and not the, not the game, not the game. We're talking about practice and Antonio Brown is ripping helmets off and throwing punches at faces. So some things never change. Some things never change, but all right. So the big news last week was Jordan Love making his debut in preseason action, we got a chance to see him play. Well, this week, we will not. Jordan Love is not going to play this weekend, so it's going to be Kurt Bankert starting uh, at... Paul. That's on Paul. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Kurt Bankert starting at quarterback, and the Packers had to add a quarterback in order to have enough passers to get by, because obviously Aaron Rodgers is not going to play. Uh, I'll kick, kick it around to each of you guys because as far as, as I have not heard any updates on the severity of the Jordan Love injury, so I'll just, and Paul, since he's, he's I guess, kind of your guy, we'll start with you as far as Bankard and if you've heard anything about Jordan Love or any updates. I mean, Monday, I think Adam Schefter said that the MRI was clean. Mm-hmm. 
And I think even Jordan Love has said that he feels fairly decent. I just think the Green Bay Packers are being extra cautious with him. I don't think that there's anything too worrisome. I think, like I said, they're just trying to make sure that he comes out the other side clear. So he doesn't have, obviously it, it, it sucks. He's going to, he missed two joint practices. Mm -hmm. He's going to miss a preseason game, especially after last year with just not even being able to have those reps due to COVID and all of that. It, it, it hurts in the regard that he needs those reps, but they're being extra safe, making sure that it doesn't further injure him because if, you know, Hopefully he can be back next week and then he can get all those reps throughout the course of the season as well in practice to build off of. As far as Kurt goes, uh, I mean, I'm excited to watch him play. He came out in that second half and he he was slinging the ball and it was a lot of fun to watch. I know that Luke Getze commented just overall he was very he was happy with what he saw from him. One thing that he noted was just uh, working on his pocket pre pocket presence, but that's something to be expected with a, a young quarterback as well. But he's going to get a bulk of the snaps, and we're going to see Jake Dogala in there as well. Well, if the Packers were hoping to kind of hide Kurt Bankert from the rest of the NFL and just you know maybe throw him in in like the fourth quarter when other teams or, or fans may not be paying attention, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. So if there's any Kurt Bankert fans out there in the NFL – and well, the, and the Packers are not going to keep three quarterbacks. They might have a little bit of they might have a little bit of trouble stuffing them away. But um, Mark, you know what I was going to say before I kick it to you because I know you have some thoughts on Banker too. Looking at some pictures of Banker and he's wearing that number seven. He's got a lot of. He looks a lot like Mikowski. <laughs> Magic, <laughs> the Magic Man, right? So, Mark, as as far as I mean, on that topic there. I mean, do you do you, I mean, he's 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 a number three QB. But if the Packers were trying to hide him, he's not going to be hidden anymore if he's starting it this, this week against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, that's – first let me say my thoughts on Jordan Love is if if Rodgers hadn't shown up if, or if they had traded him or if, if Rodgers was not in the picture and Love was the starter for Green Bay, he may play this week. Mm -hmm. He may have. I don't, I don't think this injury is, is anything for anybody to worry about. I think it's no. like, it's more precautionary than oh my god he's hurt. I think like why why put him out there this week in a you know a game means it's it's just there's no reason to, to make it to get him more like or if this was a season opener he'd be the number two guy this week. He he would dress to be number two if he yeah I don't think it's anything to get worried about if you're you know if you're a fan of jordan love um with that said and i know i don't want to hurt paul's feelings here but <laughs> love not play, i i almost don't care if I, I i'll probably the game's on nfl network right this week live pretty sure yeah. yep I'll, I'll probably watch it but like uh, i i get told you, i hate preseason games like i just don't want anybody to get hurt well, I was excited to like last week. I, was, I wanted to see Jordan Love. This week, I still want to see Jordan Love. I, Absolutely. I guess there's some other things I want to see, but I don't know. I want to see Jordan Love. That's what I want to see. So I'm, I'm not as ex I'm not very excited about this game, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's there's a lot of more bottom roster guys that the Packers need to take a look at. We were talking about. Well, they they can look at them. I don't. Well, we <laughs> right. Well, selfishly, obviously, we want yeah, I mean, more more excitement. But another guy that was standing watching I practice. Want to watch Zach Wilson, to be honest with you. Wow, really? I want to see him. He's a second. Oh, you do. Man. You do want to watch? I thought you said you don't. Oh, oh no, I do want to see him because I just want to see him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. 
So, Paul, you also noted that Devin Funches was on the sideline, did not practice. He had a decent showing in preseason game number one. We've talked about the wide receiver position, so let's jump there, I guess, because a loaded group, a lot of talent, a lot of players. Could be a, a situation where the Packers decide they want to keep an extra body. Now, if they do, they have to take away from somewhere else. But if they end up, for example, just sticking with seven wide receivers – then you, you've, you've got to start kind of counting out who's who's going to do what. You mentioned before we started recording, Malik Taylor had a good showing as well. We obviously know Devontae Adams is, is MVS. Lazard are going to be part of this. Randall Cobb is, is making this roster. He was, you know, kind of the, what do you call it, the cherry on top of the Sunday of Aaron Rodgers returning. So uh, any thoughts since you were out there? And I know you watched uh, so, some of the offense as far as the wide receiver battle and how that's shaping up and and your thoughts on if they do keep an extra body or if they were to go to seven, six. Yeah, so Funches, uh, he left Wednesday's practice. I think I think he was holding his hamstring, and then he was held out of Thursdays. He was on the sidelines, though, uh, moving around, all that stuff. So I don't know if he's going to play or not Saturday, but he was out of Thursday's practice. And so we know the five receiver spots are locks. It seemed they only kept five on the roster last year, but I don't know. It seems like they're going to keep at least six. And I do have to say I'm more open to the idea of them keeping seven or at least open to the conversation than what I would have been even a week ago. Because I know Funches stole the show last week at the receiver position. But, I mean, Malik Taylor had a really good game as well. He had five receptions on five targets for 50 yards, but he did the other stuff that we don't often talk about he had two nice blocks on wide receiver screens that allowed the 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 ball carrier to get up field he's a gunner on special teams the first team special teams unit so we know how important those aspects are to a football team especially for a back end of the roster guy so he's someone definitely to keep your eyes on along with Funches this week as well to see if he can build upon that performance because he's not someone that we heard about at all like at all and I follow this stuff pretty closely during training camp as far as someone who's making plays. But that that doesn't mean he was struggling. Just doesn't mean that he was standing out either. And Malik Taylor, this this isn't a knock on him, but he's someone who just might not stand out given his skill set. For him to make this roster, it's going to have to be the full picture. He's going to have to continue showing that he can be a solid blocker. He's going to have to continue showing that he can be a reliable gunner on special teams. Whereas Devin Funches, because of the ceiling that he has, the the history, his NFL pedigree, you know, the Green Bay Packers are likely going to be more willing to just keep him on the roster for that specific reason because he can come in and be an impact player. Malik Taylor is going to have to continue showing out in all three phases. As far as those other receivers in the mix, Equinemia St. Brown, I think it was end of last week, he came back to practice because he had missed some time. Uh, you know, he's had some receptions here and there, but nothing spectacular. Juwan Winfrey still sidelined. He, he's been out this whole week as well. I don't. My guess is he's not going to play Saturday. And then Reggie Bagleton, just kind of similar. He just, you know, nothing, nothing is really standing out with him. So at this time, just from my eyes, I would say that if they're going to keep six receivers right now, the two front runners for that spot are Devin Funches and Malik Taylor. And if they keep six, it's going to come down to do you go with the higher ceiling at the six receiver position in Funches, or do you go with someone who can potentially contribute more as a blocker and more as a special teamer? So that's going to be a decision that the Packers are going to have to make. They still have the practices. They still have two preseason games to see how it all unfolds. And the way that the practice squad works, and I know this doesn't always work out, and the Packers may not want to expose 
any of those guys to this is that the the number of accrued season doesn't necessarily keep the, a player from going on the practice squad. So, for example, like if they wanted to put Malik Taylor and they wanted to sign him back to the practice squad and he agreed to do it, they could, right? Even though he played, he was active several now, games yeah, last now, season. Back in the day, you couldn't do it that way. But now, now the practice squad, you could put, I mean, in theory, you could put Funches on the practice squad, even yeah. though he's a whatever many year veteran. You could put anybody on the practice squad now. I mean, you know, it's it's because of, and you know, and they expanded it again to sixteen, right? So, yeah, it's there's no more rule. Like, who was the, the who was the defensive lineman? They that they the veteran um, last year. I can't think of his name. I kind of liked him, Billy Wynn. Billy oh, yeah. Wynn was like an eight year veteran. He was on a practice squad, you know. So. Yeah, that, that that was it's different now because of COVID and because of all the you know they're keeping the, the the COVID rules from last year in terms of practice squad. So anybody could go on it if they clear waivers. Now that's the big thing. You know, I hope they keep that forever. I mean, I hope they keep it. I I I just it's selfishly it's it's a kind of a caveat to adding more spots for guys you want to try to keep. I mean, other teams can pluck them and take them away. Right. So I know that there's I mean, a risk there, but it's it at least an opportunity. It, it defeats the purpose of what the practice squad was created for. Mm-hmm. But, that's, but again, things things happen over the course of time. I mean, because the original the original point of the practice squad was for a Reggie Begleton mm-hmm. or a you know Jawan Winfrey, a, a young guy that just isn't quite good enough to make your roster, but you put him on a practice. I, the Packers have had several. Matt Hasselbeck was on the pra- Packers practice squad. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was a, that. You know, he wasn't ready. They put on, and then he became a you know a playoff quarterback for Seattle. They traded him, got him pick for him, and everything. Um, I believe KGB began his career on the Packers practice squad, and then became their second leading sacker of all time. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that's what it was for. It was for young. It wasn't for Billy Wynn, but last year changed everything. And you know, sometimes when the NFL makes a change and they like it, they say, you know what, just, we're going to just keep it that way. Right, right. So as far as the receiver position, Mark, are you with Paul and, and are you getting more excited about them or do you still think that it's, it could end up being six, maybe five, and that there's other no, positions that they need five. to stack? No, no, it's not five. It's at least six. I think it could go to seven. Okay. Um, and I think they could – They only. you said that last year was only five, Paul? Yeah, because well, they kept Tyler Irvin as a running back, right. so classify okay. him as you wish. All right. Okay, so here's here's where you pick up the two spots to go to seven. You're only keeping two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. so that's one spot, and I and you're only keeping three running backs. Mm-hmm. So there's like in a perfect world, you have 25 guys on offense, right? 25 on offense, 25 on defense, and the three specialists. So to me. If you're going 25 on offense and you're only keeping two quarterbacks and three running backs, that's five. So you have 20 spots left. I'm going to go nine offensive linemen, four tight ends. That leaves me, if I'm doing my math right, that leaves me with seven wide receivers. So nope. I think you can do, I mean, again, if they want to go heavier on defense, maybe it's. I, I think it's going to come down to you keep seven wide receivers or do you keep an extra corner or safety? Yep, exactly. I, I really do. I think everything else, the numbers are kind of in stone. Again, although, you know, a, somebody that we don't know can wind up having a great camp, a great preseason, and you wind up going somewhere else. I mean, um, 
I don't know who you. I mean, like I said, the five. I think, like the five that we mentioned, right? And Adams, MVS, Lazard, Cobb, Rogers. That's five. That everybody knows that that they're they're the five. Mm-hmm. Um, Funches, you know, as we were saying off the air, he he was he. They brought him in for a reason, right? Last year. They stuck with him. They could have easily gotten rid of him and said, hey, you, you opted out last year? Well, too bad. We're, we're opted out of you this year. Mike they Holmgren. How Mike Holmgren probably would have sent him away for that reason. <laughs> no, Mike. Yeah. I think a lot of, I don't, not, not just, I mean, it's, I think a few coaches, man. Yeah. Um, so, but they brought him back again. And he certainly, again, we got, let's see what he does tonight. Let's see what he does next week. But he certainly got, he certainly got off to a, to a good start. Against you know the the Texans, so and he has that experience. I mean, we we've talked about this through the, through the course of our shows that he gives them something that other guys he's big, even if he's just a red zone target, that that's something that it's good to have, right? Yeah, and I think I think that's too valuable to let go. I just don't see how he's he doesn't make it unless he was well. Let's see how the injury is. Yeah. Paul said he was at he didn't practice, but he was at practice. So he he probably won't. And you know what? I'm, I'm saying tonight he probably won't play tonight, right? I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't feel confident enough one way or another to make that guess. But I'll be interesting. And see, my I, I think my <laughs> guy is is going to be headed to the practice squad or Juwan Winfrey. I'm talking about. I thought he was mm-hmm. really going to make it until mm-hmm. and the poor kid. Every, injuries have killed him. From the time he was at Colorado, right. it's why he fell in the sixth round coming out. He was hurt his senior year at, at Colorado. Uh, he got hurt in Denver. That's why why they let him go. Um, and now he's hurt again. And it, it's not a serious thing, right? It's it, it's a shoulder that's just it's keeping him from. I mean, it's not like a career threatening. No, kind of it's thing, not but serious, but it is. It becomes career threatening for a player like Winfrey, who's on the right. bubble and can't right. get on the field. It's career threatening, but not from a uh, health standpoint. Well, he'll be on. I I kind of think he'll be on a practice squad, right? They mm-hmm. they like him enough that they'll, and nobody will probably pick him up because he was hurt. So he'll be on the practice squad. And see, my 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 thinking on the wide receivers is, don't you want at least one who signed? Other than you have Rogers who signed for four years. And that's it, right? Adams is a free agent. MVS is going to be mm-hmm. a free agent. Lazard's going to be a restricted free agent. Funches is going to be a free agent. Well, I don't know what what's Malik Taylor's status. Would he be exclusive rights next year, or, or would I, he be I I don't know, exclusive sure. rights? Yeah. Okay, so you all right? You would have him then. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what you got to start thinking a little bit. Like they, could, I mean, hopefully they they you know I mean, theoretically they could lose. Everyone, but mm-hmm. Rogers and Taylor. Yep. Yeah, that position group could change. That, right? It could. Yeah, it could change a lot. It could change a oh, lot. Sure. But but we saw any one of them between now and the end of the season. Yeah. So this season, I mean, that battle's that battle's going to be interesting because he's the preseason. Somebody always jumped. Not that any of those guys have to jump up and really grab hold. It seems like the at least the first five spots are a lock as they are, but there's always somebody that flashes in a preseason game that makes it for an intriguing conversation. And then we'll, we'll see what the Packers end up doing. I mean, it's, it's, it. the offense is fun. It's the sexy position. And so if we're going to stack it and, and put more, as they say, weapons out there, then to keep seven would be intriguing to give the, the Packers just those options. Don't forget, you've got the, the running back group and the tight end group as well. I mean, there's only one football. So, uh, it, but, but you well, need to, but you need, other- the, you need the depth, you need the talent. One other thing I wanted to say and kind of tie in is 
the safety position with the receivers. If the Packers just keep Funchess as a sixth receiver, they don't have any true special teams contributors outside of Rodgers returning punts. But the safety position, if, say, Ennis Gaines, Henry Black, Vernon Scott, they've all performed very well so far. If those are three guys on the roster at the safety position, all three of those guys have shown that they can be key special teams contributors as well. So maybe that gives Green Bay some flexibility, and I'm just spitballing here, but maybe that gives them that added flexibility to where, you know what, we can get by this season without having a true you know gunner from the receiver position on special teams. But that's what I was alluding to when I said the seventh re- – Malik Taylor – if he's just seventh guy, and it, because of his special teams ability, he's not battling Funches for a job. He's battling Gaines or Henry Black yeah. or or Ento or mm-hmm. he's battling. It's it's, it's going to come down. That last spot is going to be Mo Drayton's call, probably. In a sense of, I mean, it's it's the general manager's call, but he's probably going to go to Drayton and say, "All right, who do you want? Who do you want? You can't have them all." So tell me who 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 the best special teams guys are out of Taylor, blah 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 blah. And if he says I want Taylor, they'll, they'll probably keep Taylor. If he says no, I can get by with these guys, then they won't have Taylor. I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. Do do you want to go deeper? You know, is who's your best special teams guys? And let's let's be honest, special teams was a disaster. I mean, it's only preseason, it's one game, you know, but I didn't see any improvement last week. Yeah. No. no, they haven't shown us any flashes of anything. No, there's no buzz. There's no buzz around special teams right now. <laughs> they were terrible. It was, it was, terrible. It was underwhelming, yes. <laughs> the, return, the, the coverage units were terrible. Rodgers on the leg of punt returner to me. Fumbled one into the end zone. Fair caught one where, where he could have gained 10 yards. You know, Hill was mediocre as a kickoff returner. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. This team is this team is solid everywhere. And if, the only thing that's going to stop them is going to be a bad special teams play somewhere mm-hmm. along. It's going to cost them a game somewhere, probably. And all the, and all that little stuff is magnified in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I say I say it all the time. Whatever you, whatever's been nipping you all season long is what's going to end up getting you in the end. So I agree but with I you. Guess I, I I can wrote this today or well, I wrote it Thursday. It's up. You know what happened to this. The battles. What happened to the J.K. Scott and Hunter Bradley having their backs against the wall? They cut the punter end on that that, that. that competition didn't last long, did it? This was this <laughs> year's version of uh, Giorgio Tavecchio in training camp for the punter position. And that's what it sounds like to me. J.K. Scott's going to be the punter. Well, obviously they, they cut Winslow. Yeah, I mean, but was, was, but was but was from the beginning. But was from the beginning too. I don't I don't really think I, I don't know why they did it. Was it was it to like make fans feel good? Like hey, we're really trying to push this guy, but you weren't really trying to push him. <laughs> well, I wrote today that uh, you know Drayton said they had their backs against the wall, right? Well, that was his quote. They had their backs against the wall. Mm-hmm. Well, so does the Mona Lisa. <laughs> She's been hanging around for years. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. If we had one of those cut-ups before the show, like some podcasts do, that would be one of them right there. <laughs> absolutely. Mark Eckel dropping it. Well, so you guys talked about the safety position, and we were talking about corner as well. So let's talk about corner for a second, because there was an interesting take on your guy, Mark. Eric He's going to be all of our guy, too. Eric Stokes. Uh, Devontae Adams threw a really nice uh, compliment at Stokes, said he's the closest thing to Jair as far as his mentality. He's fast as hell. He can get beat and recover like Sam Shields. That is some really high praise. And that sounds like, Mark, you've predicted it and you said it 
long ago. It sounds like a player who is primed to take over a starting position sooner than later before we get to the middle of this season. I I love them. I love them the night that they drafted them. And Devontae also threw out a name that I threw out the night they drafted him, Sam Shields. Mm-hmm. That's who he is. And there it is again. Yep. Himself, you know, probably a little more polished. Not 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 probably. He is more because Shields was a wide receiver. Right. Converted, yep. Corner. And so he had to learn the you know, the, the nuances and stuff. Stokes is a is a corner. He he's not learning it. He's played it his whole career at, at Georgia. Um no, I, I again I can't I I'm the Eric Stokes guy, so I think I Listen, I think he's going to start against the Saints. I really do. I think King lost his job. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Even though they said you're not going to lose your job just because of injury, but come on. I mean, if Stokes is... they told Wally Pip. <laughs> I was just going to say, Stokes looks has looked good so far, and I, I don't think there's been any shortage of confidence from him. And when you're playing around guys like Jair Alexander and Adrian Amos and Savage and those other guys in the secondary, I think the secondary is going to have some really good vibes. Definitely some really good vibes. Paul, you were on the offensive side of the field, but uh, Stokes and his speed... When you're out there live, have you had a chance to see it? Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, you can tell that he's got that just that makeup ability. And I think Mark hit it on the head and just the, with the potential that he possesses. I still at this time, I'm still going to go with Kevin King is taking more snaps week one over Eric Stokes, just because I think that's what the Green Bay Packers do. And Maybe it's coach speak, maybe it's not, but Jerry Gray saying that he doesn't think he should lose his job. So I still think week one anyways, King will take more snaps, but I think it'll be sooner and later before that role flips and Stokes is in that role. Uh, one thing on, with the cornerbacks I did want to bring up was the back end because I think it's uh, fair to say that five of those spots are pretty much locked up. I guess Shamar John Charles could be the one. Maybe you don't want a Sharpie in, but you could certainly pencil him in. But I think KB and Ento 
has really shined as that six cornerback. I know he's someone that we've talked about on here before. And I know Green Bay just traded for Isaac Yatum. I believe that's how you say his last name. Former third-round pick. But I know it can be exciting when we see uh, uh, an early-round draft pick come here, regardless of whether it's a free agent, waivers, trade, anything like that. But to me, he's far from a roster lock at this point. There's a reason that he's on his third team in four seasons. He's honestly kind of had similar coverage issues to Josh Jackson. He does bring more special teams upside, which is good. He's also been solid against the run. But when it comes to that back end, if they keep six cornerbacks as they did last year, I still think that's Ento's job for the taking. And Yadam, in what's going to be limited time, is going to have to come in and prove that he's deserving of that spot. He certainly isn't going to be handed it. If Kevin King is a backup, that is not a bad place to be because as a starter, that's one thing, and he's he can be okay. He had a decent season two years ago, but if he's your backup corner and Stokes does take that, he does what a first round pick is supposed to be, and he's supposed to become your guy. Now you've got you've got a really really good depth situation with the cornerback group. I think at least for the starter quality players, you talked about the back end, Paul, and I agree with you there. And we obviously have to talk about. Uh, well, I, mean, can I, guess well, I was going to say Josh. I was going to mention Josh Jackson, your guy, who's yeah. now a New York Giant. Yeah, well, and, that, and I hey, listen. I, I, I there's very few people I've been as wrong about coming out of the draft as I was. I, I was excited. I think we we've all said that we thought it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, what a good second round pick. Right. A lot of people had the Packers taking him in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I was one of them. The second, and you thought, wow, okay, you got Alexander and Jackson. They're going to be set at you know a corner for a long time, and we were half right, but. Um, it's funny, a, a friend of mine who's a big Giants guy um, texted me the other day and said, hey, what's the what's the problem with Jackson? Is he, is he a head case? I said, no, not at all. He's just not that good. I said, he's all the things, all the raps against him and why he fell into the second round came back to haunt him. And he had well, he wasn't fast enough. He was grabby. You know, he made up for his lack of speed by by grabbing, holding and he got called for it. In, in, in the NFL and his his lack of speed and again I know you guys are Big Ten guys but let's be honest the Big Ten wide receivers aren't like the SEC wide no, receivers they're not so, mm-hmm. you know, he, can, he can cover guys from Purdue and Wisconsin and Minnesota yeah you can, yeah, you can play zone you know? and yeah right or, or there, there, there were no four three guys coming out of those schools that he had to cover on a daily basis because he let, let's be honest he was really really good at Iowa he wasn't just okay he was good I mean, what do you have? Eight picks a senior year or something? I mean, mm-hmm. he was good, um, but it's a, NFL's a different in that that lack. You know, it's just it's tough to play corner when you're not fast, um, and that kind of hurt him. And I hope listen. I hope that I hope he I hope he does okay with the Giants. He seems like a nice guy. Um, maybe the change of scenery help, helps him, just like with the guy the Packers got. Maybe I guess you know. But again, getting back to what. I agree with Paul, it, it, and I think it's going to come down. It could come down to, like I said, Taylor versus this. You know, it, do they keep the extra corner or the extra wide receiver? Do they keep mm-hmm. the extra safety? Or yep. That's that's what it's going to come, and it's going to be who's the better player on special teams. And it's got a, they got from the Giants, supposedly reportedly, supposedly allegedly, whatever word you want to use, is a pretty good special teams player. Mm-hmm. So, right. You know, which I got. We said earlier. Packers could use all the good special teams players they can get their hands on because they don't seem to have a lot. Well, keep tinkering and keep trying to figure it out because I don't want to see this season be magical in every area and then special teams blows it 
and they're out of the playoffs because of something dumb. Like that's, you know, if I remember, 2010, they weren't very good on special teams. They look good right. in the well. They look good in preseason, and it, I don't think they had like a lot of flashy players. But the attitude on that team is what I mean. They carried them so much further because they they I think they had some more veterans maybe, and I mean there were a lot of guys hurt. But it was but it was mostly veteran players and a lot of guys who didn't play on special teams. But yeah, I don't. I don't remember well, and and don't, let's not well. Let's not forget. Let's not forget the snafu in New England. If you want to talk about bad special teams play, they let an offensive lineman nearly take one back for a touchdown. That was terrible. I remember a quote from Aaron Rodgers. He was asked, like, you know, after you scored to take the lead, were you were you worried? You know, when that when when the, when when you were kicking off, and he, his quote was, "I always worry when we kick off." <laughs> I never forget that quote. Um, so I mean. But again, I mean, it's been a long time that, that every it's every year we talk about special teams having to get better, and every year it doesn't happen. <laughs> so maybe this year we got a new coach. You know, thank God he got they have kicking isn't a problem. But I think KK Scott, I mean, he teases you. Know? I mean, like you know, he his, his he's just got to get a consistent effort from him. Like not you know, I don't need a sixty yard punt one time and a thirty two yard punt the next time. I would rather just have two forty seven yard punts. You know, right? Yeah, and I think Scott can give that to you. I mean, he. I think it's the the interesting thing for me is always when the weather turns is is he going to be able to to keep it up and maintain it and I don't know what the what the deal is he's he's a long leg and sometimes that long leg swing can you know give that tenth of a second to whoever's coming along and they get a finger on the ball or something like that those those are the things I worry about but those are that's you know that can happen to anybody as far as special teams goes so we'll see how that battle shapes up and then I was I also wanted to talk about. The defensive line, because I know that there was some talk about the defensive line. Kenny Clark wasn't out there much, and Dean Lowry didn't play a lot at the end of the week in practice. And it's a group on this roster that gets really thin really fast. But I was going to ask you guys, isn't that the kind of the case with most teams? I mean, unless I'm, I'm, I'm just sounding naive right now, but every team would love to have four really solid defensive linemen, and that's just not the case around the NFL. I mean, if you lose your top two guys, most defensive lines are going to – you know, drop significantly. Paul, you were out there. Um, I know you weren't on that side of the field necessarily, and we're 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 kind of you know leaning on you heavily here because you were the eye in the sky and actually at practice. But you know, your take on the defensive line. I mean, obviously, if Kenny Clark goes down. That's a big loss. But how how deep or how thin is it really? I think it's going to be better than what we've seen in years past. Um, of course, they have Kenny Clark, but really, I'm speaking outside of what he brings because we know that. But I think it's going to be better than what it has been in the past, as I just said. Kingsley Kiki is expected to take another step forward this year. I rewatched uh, the last preseason game, and TJ Slayton, he was, especially on that first drive, he was really moving the line of scrimmage. And as I've said on here before, he's not someone who we're going to see his impact on the stat sheet necessarily, but his teammates are going to know they're going to feel his presence when he's on the field. There was this really good uh, screen grab that Ben Fennel posted on Twitter where the center and the guard were double teaming Slayton and Ty Summers was wide open to make a play on the ball carrier. That's the type of plays that we're going to see with Slayton in the mix there. And one under the radar name I'll throw out to keep your eyes on in these coming preseason games is Willington Prevlin. He was a 2020 undrafted rookie out of Rutgers, spent last season on the practice squad for the most part. But in the last 
it seems very recent, the last week, week and a half. He's someone that at practice today I saw him more because I was looking for him because following the reporters that are there daily, you see his name popping up more and more. So someone to keep your eyes on as well. I don't, I'm not confident enough to say that he might challenge for a roster spot over someone like Tyler Lancaster. I, I don't know that, but it's certainly intriguing and worth watching. So when you add all that together, uh, adding Slayton, perhaps if we see some flashes from Willington Prevalent, even if he's not on the roster, but someone that they can you know, lean on this year, which they couldn't a year ago if there's an injury that happens. Uh, Kingsley Kiki as well, taking that step forward. Dean Lowry, he's been uh, talked about by Jerry Montgomery as having a very nice training camp so far. And I know Lowry's talked about how the defensive front, they have the they have more flexibility to move around pre-snap to find matchups that are beneficial for them. So is it a coincidence that they have that freedom now and Lowry's having a good camp? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see how that all plays out. But I, I, I like this group more than what than what I have in the past. The big guys up front and the depth. It's gonna become it's gonna become important in every position. And I was actually gonna ask you guys unless there was another another group that we wanted to to go over and discuss is preseason game number two, kind of what is the biggest thing that you're either wanting to see or hoping to see from the Packers in this game? Mark, we'll start with you. Is there, is there kind of a, a, a thing you've got earmarked that you want to, I mean, Jordan Love's not going to play, but you know, is there, is, you know, what is, what yeah. do you want to see the most? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to keep harping on it is I want to see, the special teams not look like a damn disaster. Mm-hmm. I want. I don't want to see the Jets bring a punt back forty yards. I don't want to see them bring a kickoff back to midfield. I don't want to see a the punter, the punt returner, put the ball on the ground. I don't. I, I'd like to see a kickoff return get past the twenty-five. I, uh, you know, I just. I want to see competent special teams. I haven't. I. I didn't see it most of last year. And I didn't see it again. It preseason opener. A lot of guys didn't play on here. I understand that, but it's still. Same for the other team too. So, I you know I want to see J.K. Scott have some you know four good punts or whatever however many however many time he he, he punts. Um, that's what I want to see. I mean, I because like I said I'm not what the offense is going to be really good. I don't care. I mean, they got the third string quarterback playing this week, so it might not be good this week. No offense, Paul. Um, <laughs> but you know I think the defense is going to be improved. I really do. I think the defensive line is going to like you said, Kiki, um, Slayton. <laughs> You know that they, they got some good young defensive linemen. Clark's a, a monster, um, and the linebackers are better. So offense, offense, I'm I'm not even a little bit worried about defense. I think it has gotten better. The, the Achilles' heel of this team is special team. So I that's what I'm going to watch. I mean, that's crazy. You, you when you're punting that's, or kickoffs, that's when you that, that's when you go get a beer or go to the bathroom, whatever. You no, I'm that's I'm going to go to I'm going to go get a beer when they're on offense. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to watch. I want to see. Good punts from Scott. I want to see good coverage. I want to see a good return from Rogers or, or or Hill. You know, they. I just give me something. Give me something that I, I that I don't think this is the worst special teams in the in the league again. I would agree with you, Mark, on that. I, it's hard to dispute that. I'll go with the secondary. I want to see them kind of. I want to see some inter, some picks. I know Kavian Ento got one. That was a terrible ball, though. But I want to see him start taking the ball away. That was one thing was that I thought was missing last year. And these aren't the starters out there. This isn't Jair, Darnell Savage, Namos. I get that, but I do think there's a mentality and kind of a a culture of like getting after the ball, ball hawking. I, I want to see some. 
some picks. They don't have to take it to the house. I'd love that if they do. But I want to start seeing some picks and some turnovers and see this defense start to build that that reputation for we're going to take the ball away because that's been a big thing for successful Packers teams in the past. And so that's that's kind of my thing as far as, you know, Henry Black graded out very well. And some of the guys that are going to play, that'll be back of the roster guys on defense. I know they might not play much during the season, but Black did have that big play to close out the Texans game last year in regular season. It's going to be a big key contributor on special teams. So that's kind of my, my thing to watch for. Paul, what is your, unless we stole it, we took it from your two, your two things, but what is your thing to watch for in this preseason game too? I'll switch it up. I'll go players. So I'll jump ahead a little bit at Cheesehead TV on Friday. I went through one player from each position group to keep your eyes on. So on the offensive side of the ball, Royce Newman. We all know that the offensive line, particularly against the run, struggled last week or as run blockers, but struggled last week against Houston. And Adam Stenovich on that following Sunday said that really nothing's been decided at the guard position. It's been Ben Braden, John Runney, and Lucas Patrick circulating between the left and right guard position with the ones. And on Monday of this past week, Royce Newman was thrown into that mix as well. He got plenty of reps with the ones during the joint practices. Impressed enough that Lafleur told us that he's going to start on Saturday at that guard position. So add him to that mix as someone who could be along that week, one of the week one starters. So I'm definitely going to have my eyes on him. And then defensive side of the ball, Oren Burks. Can he do that again, or at least something similar to that? I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of sucked back in on this one a little bit because it was really impressive. And we saw Joe Barry utilizing him as a blitzer, which, uh, you know, lets him showcase that speed of his, that quickness that he has. And it was a really impressive performance. Not that I expect him to go out and get seven, eight tackles again, a sack, a couple pressures, because like that's a really impressive performance. But can he continue to build off of that? this coming week or are we going to see him disappear which is what we've seen in the past so I'm, I'm really curious to see what what Oren Burks does but I, w- I was impressed I really enjoyed watching him well with Burks the only way to find out if he can do it is to keep him and put him out there in live game action against starters and I don't know if the Packers are necessarily that enamored but he didn't look awful, but, you know, and Mark, you have very correctly and justifiably so had your issues with Burks because, A, he can't stay healthy and, and stay on the field, and, B, when he is on the field, he can't perform. He he showed something in that preseason game. Are you any any less unenamored with Oren Burks? He played well last week. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take that away from him, but but I went like, as Paul started, his, he, he led with, like, can he do it again? All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can he do it again? If, if he does it again, and maybe the light bulb finally came on. And some guys are late bloomers. Um, he's got a, I mean, he's got a good shot to make the roster because, you know, he's not going to start. Obviously, Campbell and Barnes are your starters, and Martin is probably your third guy. So he's, at best, he's a fourth inside linebacker and special teams guy. It's probably him and Summers battling for that fourth guy. I guess the, the kid from Boston College, he's just been hurt and hasn't mm-hmm. it looks like he's destined to the practice squad, right? McDuffie, yeah. Yeah, that'd be my guess. I mean that's a shame because there were some high hopes for him coming out as a as if nothing else as a good special teamer. But in, again, guys get hurt. It's it's tough. It's hard to you know, especially for a rookie or you know a low rookie draft pick they got to show that they have to come out and, and open eyes and you can't do it if you're on the sideline. Um, Burks, you know, maybe <laughs> again, you know, with the, the Jackson trade, 
showed me something that I really like in that this front office will will be on the phone. They will try to like they got they got a, and again it might turn out to be a nothing for nothing trade, but they made a trade. They they got something for Johnson Jackson. Made it. They might have got a guy that, that they wind up cutting, but at least they got something. They they tried something. Maybe Burks, you know, guys who are high picks. Mm-hmm. I've this for years. Guys who are high picks, second third round. There was always there's Buddy Ryan used to say this to us all the time back in the day. The Eagles would sign a guy or trade for a guy, whatever. You know, claim a guy off off waivers, and we we'd ask him, so what do you like about him, buddy?" He say, "You know, I kind of like him coming out of college. Not as much as the Broncos did, because I was going to take him in the fifth round. They they took him in the third round, but you know, he's available now. We're going to bring him in and give him a look. So, Burks is a third round pick, right? So, some team might have liked him in the fourth or fifth round. That still thinks, like for instance, I know I knew the Giants liked Jackson because when I did my I, I, thinking back. To, to, to that draft, I, you know, I, I, back then I was still working all the time and I was, you know, I, I did a lot of draft stuff and I, I, I had somebody with the giants talking him up a lot, talk telling me he would, you know, like the, the giants I knew liked Jackson. They, they, they were going to, they had him as a first round pick. So those thoughts were probably still in the giants, but Hey, we can get this, you know, every, listen to this, every team thinks they can do better with a guy. Like the Giants are are, are telling people, and eh, the Packers just didn't didn't coach him right. We'll 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 fix that. Now maybe they're right, and Jackson will turn into to a player, or more likely, they're wrong, and it's Jackson's Jackson. But mm-hmm. um, no, so yeah, I'm, maybe Burks is a guy that if again if he keeps playing well, you you just keep him. But if you can get something for him, that's not a bad thing either. Maybe we find out that that Burks game against Houston was a fluke, but. Him and Jackson entered that game in very similar situations, mm-hmm. drafted the same year. Hey, it's really now or never. You or you're going to be off this team, and they just in that game, that one game, they went opposite directions. Yep. Jackson was, was now, and Jackson was never. Yeah, yep. I mean, the Houston. It didn't. It didn't matter who the quarterback was, who the receiver was. They were going at him. They went oh, at him ten, ten times that game. They yeah, completed I mean, like nine of them, right? Yeah, it was. It was a lot. It's just. It's it's just interesting to to look to look at just like I said they're in similar situations entering and both just had completely different games. See, I I wouldn't play Burks again, and then I trade him to Houston because <laughs> <laughs> they think he's good. They're like, yeah, keep his value at the, at the. You know time. who used to, you know who used to do that, and this is not a throwback show or anything, but you know who I think used to do that was when Mike Sherman was the head coach and the GM of the Packers, and a guy would have a good game against the Packers. Sherman would oh, met, would would sign that guy. He would bring the guy in and be like, oh, this guy's going to be. I remember Jason Brookings from the Baltimore Ravens. For some reason, that never has never left my head. He had a baller game against the Packers. The Packers won the game. It was the year after they won the Super Bowl. In 2001, the Packers hosted the Ravens. Brookings ran all over the Packers, but the Packers ended up winning the game. The following camp, Brookings is in camp and he signed. He didn't make the team. But in fact, uh, he, he it was funny. Funny story with him was I, they said, uh, bring your playbook. And it wasn't they weren't cutting him. But in, in training camp, when you hear bring your playbook and come see the coach, you, you pretty much know that your days are done with that team. And I guess he he heard that and, you know, threw his playbook in the trash and walked out the door and didn't go meet with <laughs> Coach Sherman. But uh, yeah, if, if they can get value for him. I don't think the Packers are done trying to improve this roster. I mean, they've got some cap space, not that they have a ton to spend, and, and they could certainly use it and maybe keep some for next year because they're going to need that too. But I think there's more moves to be made. I think the Packers, if they're not done, you know, shaping this thing up. 
Well, let me get a pick. Let me get that pick for Randall Cobb back, if if, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, before we sign off, we gotta we gotta go around the horn. Mark, you alluded to some stuff that you have up over at Packer Report. What's going on this week? Well, we'll see what happens um, in the game, and I'll write off that. But I I have a story to tell instead of a story that I wrote. You know, people like when I tell these stories, mm-hmm. supposedly. Um, so today, uh, Thursday, my wife and I are laying. We went to the pool today. One of the pools today, in instead of the beach. And I'm I'm laying there. We're, we're laying there. It's a beautiful day, and I and I look across and I see a guy with a Bears T-shirt on. Right. So I see my wife. Oh, like, I got guys a Bears fan. And she's like, "Oh, don't start trouble." I said, ah, "I'm not going to start any trouble." But so he, we, we kind of make eye contact, and my wife has this. Um, I don't know what kind of cup. What do you call those cups that you can put like? coffee in it and it'll stay hot or you put like ice in it and water and you keep staying like like a thermal thermos cup i guess it is like it's a big cup she bought it for me because it's, it's, it's a packer's cup but she uses it more more than i do but anyway it's sitting be, between us now I, I catch eyes with the with the bears guy right and i raise the cup up real slow and i show <laughs> him the, the green bay logo on it and he, and he looks at it and his eyes widen and he, and he looks and he points to his t-shirt and i said yeah i see what you are the bears still suck <laughs> and then he and then he, he he shouts back at me uh yeah we're we're gonna be all right i said uh, i don't know and he says what are you gonna do with your quarterback i said play him every week what do you what, what do you mean what are you gonna do with him? he says i don't know he's a, i like i like Favre better i said i like them both i said i like trubisky better but he's a buffalo guy so <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're we're going back and forth a little bit. And my wife's like, "Oh, she's here. She's like holding her head down, trying to hide." So <laughs> we kind of end it, and then um, about maybe ten minutes later, he he walks over. I'm like, "Oh, here he's he's coming over." My wife's like, "Be nice." But I'm like, "I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna tell him we were just joking." So he comes over. He's like, "Um, where do you live in Wisconsin?" I said, "I'm not from Wisconsin." I said, "I'm just a Packer fan." I said, "I I actually live 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 here now." Oh, did you grow up in Wisconsin? I said, no. I said, I grew up in Jersey, and my uncle was friends with Vince Lombardi. Oh, wow. I said, so I've been a Packer fan since I was a little kid. I said, are you from Chicago? Yeah, I, I grew up in the city now. Now I live in, tell me where, but I forget. So, so I got, I think out like near North, Northwestern or something. So we got to, and he was a nice guy. And I, I said, hey, listen, have, I hope, you know, good good luck this year. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll be rooting for you twice. Oh yeah, I said yeah. When you play the Vikings, I I, I hate the Vikings. <laughs> He's like, there you go. I'll, I'll root for you when 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 you play the Vikings too. I said, there you go. We we agree on something. I was I th- I always thought. So listen, I always thought the other teams all hate the Packers and not each other. I thought that was their one common thread. But okay, that's good to hear. Well, this guy like the Packers better than the Vikings. All right, well so that's easy. I, I, so. I, think, I, I think the Vikings are becoming a very. I know, like like Eagle fans hate the Vikings now for some reason. I think because of that NFC Championship game. Oh yeah, years ago. But yeah. Vikings, the Vikings fans are, are making the Vikings a, a easy team to hate. <laughs> so you're still out at the pool, though, correct? Oh yeah, I didn't know. You know okay. No. okay. Oh no, I'm at my pool. He's allowed. <laughs> That's uh, I, true. I, you know, I live here. This guy was on vacation. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and, and a very self-aware Bears fan who's like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to be all right. He didn't have any clever quip. I mean, you would no. think after 30 years, most Bear fans would have their quips down because they're so used to being on the wrong side of the conversation. But this guy sounds like he just, you know, he, he knows what it is, which is. Well, we, told, but, 
he, he actually told me, he said, you know, I wasn't always a Bears fan. I said, really? He said, no, he said, my, my, my dad, now he was pretty old, he was a Cardinals fan because oh, he was a kid and they no. were the Chicago Cardinals. I said, oh, geez, yeah, yeah right. He uh, said, so I really wasn't a Bears fan. Because he said, but I, I guess I live in he, – he seemed like he was more – because he, he, started, he started wanting to talk baseball and he was upset that the Cubs traded Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, so he's – you know, I, I don't think he was a diehard, diehard, you know – you know, his, his big thing to me was he wanted to tell me that that he he, he likes Favre better than Rodgers. I, I don't know why. Like Favre him. had a better record against the Bears than Rodgers has, and they both kicked butt their butt for decades. Yeah. He just said, "I like." I said, "Oh, listen, I like them both." I said, uh, "It's pretty nice to have both of them." Then he tried, then he tried to tell me Favre won two Super Bowls, and I was like, "No, no, he didn't. <laughs> he got the two, but he only won the one." He should have. Yeah, I think actually, unfortunately, I think the second one he should have won was not with the Packers, but that's so I'm glad it didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> so we can be happy about that. Paul Brennan. Well, he could have beat the Broncos too. Well, anyway. well, right, but that well they w- should well they should have, but that but that also but Denver Denver won that game and and uh, you only have to be the better team on the field one day when it comes to the Super Bowl. It's not like baseball or basketball where there's a series and you can make up ground. So that that was just that was one of those things where I think they were feeling themselves a little too much and it bit them. It bit the Packers. We can talk about that on a on another show for another day before I start getting agita again. Paul Brittle, Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. What's coming up next week? Uh, good question. Just depends what happens during the game. But like I said, Cheesehead TV, one player to watch at each position group for this game. Head over to Dairyland Express. Got stuff up there on Josh Myers, who flew under the radar but had a very nice debut against Houston. Uh, Royce Newman, Malik Taylor. Check all that stuff out. Awesome. Well, there's only one thing left to do, and that is watch the Packers go out and dominate. If you have, if you're, if you're listening to this earlier in the day, if not, then the game might already be in progress while you're listening to us pontificate on it. So thanks everybody for stopping by the pack a day podcast. We will be back again next Saturday. Everybody enjoy preseason game. Number two, as always stay safe, enjoy the game and go pack. Go.